Hello, 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 indeed, yes, everybody, hello, welcome to uh, another episode of the Junior Funners podcast. Um, it's the uh, number one podcast for uh, for, for uh, uh, white guys that listen to a lot of other podcasts. So, um, as voted for by uh, white guys who listen to podcast magazine. So. Pretty chuffed with that endorsement. Um, yeah, so this is Junior Funners. Uh, I'm I'm Ollie, and uh, and that on the uh, the other the other side there is Lawrence. What's popping, Ollie, and listeners? <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, what's popping is that we're feeling a bit under the weather today, so it might not be as uh, jam packed of an episode as uh, as you've grown accustomed to from us um i've i've got an inner ear infection um which on top of making me uh deaf in in one ear at the moment is uh also causing problems with my my balance so i feel dizzy and lightheaded most of the time and uh when i walk it feels like i'm walking inside a bouncy castle so it's uh yeah very very weird it's like almost like being drunk but without any of the the fun um so that's uh, yeah, but I'm on some antibiotics. Hopefully, I'll get better, and uh, obviously that means that there's no can check this week because um, I can't uh, can't drink on the uh, the antibiotics. So uh, just uh, just drinking some tea out of my giant Simpsons mug this week. Ah, a little bit of uh, ASMR uh, for the listeners there. Um, so yeah, this is this is Junior Funners, and we talk about Arsenal here because we are uh, for better or worse. Sometimes much worse. Uh, Arsenal fans, and uh, we're going to kick things off this week with some Arsenal news. And uh, yeah, it's not not exactly good news this week, is it, Lawrence? No, it's uh, back to back to normal, back to banter FC, back to uh, you know, good old uh, yeah. bashing Arsenal because uh, you lost to Spurs. Ha 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 ha! Yeah, they were crap again. Everyone hate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I shouldn't make predictions. Yeah, our uh, our, our prediction. Yeah, we. I don't know. Yeah. But that's part of the fun, isn't it? But yeah, we, you know, we, our, our prediction last week was that it would be 3 2 to Arsenal. And, um, boy, oh boy, we didn't even get close. Uh, so it was, it was 2 1 to Spurs. Uh, once again, we gave away a, uh, a 1 0 lead. Um, I mean, it looked good to begin with. I mean, that, you know, uh, Lacazette's goal was, uh, an absolute banger. Um, you know, yeah, probably just a, a contender for, goal of the month certainly um but uh yeah we just um i don't know yeah it, the the longer the match went on uh just you could see more and more mistakes more and more cracks appearing in that uh in that back three um that we've we've spoken about before the uh reliably unreliable trio of mustafi david louise and uh Kalasinac. <sighs> and uh yeah they uh, they delivered um i mean almost immediately i think within like a minute of of lacazette scoring um Kalasinac played what was essentially just a th- a through ball to 
to, to Son. Um, there was no way, to, you know, it's easy for us to, every time David Luiz makes a mistake now, it's easy for us to, uh, to kind of pile on. Um, and, uh, and we will, but it's also, it's also Kolasinac's fault for, for playing such a, a stupid ball through to him. There was no way he was going to get there ahead of Son. Um, and the only way he was going to stop him was by, I mean, I'm glad to see that he seems to be learning. The only way he was going to stop him was by giving away another penalty and getting sent off again. Um, so glad that he didn't do that at least, but yeah, that was, that was a short lived, uh, one nil lead. And then, uh, yeah, within the last 10 minutes, um, sort of similar to the, uh, to the Brighton match, we just weren't able to defend a very simple set piece. And, uh, yeah, that was it. We just, we couldn't, the, 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 we just didn't have enough to, uh, to come back from that with, uh, with 10 minutes to go. Um, I gotta say this. This hurt more than the Brighton match. Uh, what I no. What what I mean is it. Brighton played better than Spurs. Like I think this. The, the reason this hurts is because Spurs didn't even play that well. They had like, I just had a look, and they had only like twenty four percent possession in the whole second half. It's like it's just typical Mourinho that, as I, as I said last week, uh, just. Let the other team have the ball. It's, even if it's Arsenal, they all have some cock up, especially a set piece. And it was almost like textbook, yeah. textbook Mourinho. Yeah, that's what that's what winds me up the most. Is- I think that yeah, that but that was what was weird is that it it wasn't even like it it wasn't even like kind of like classic era Mourinho in that like normally like Spurs didn't seem that well organized at the back. It wasn't like they were just shutting us out or soaking up pressure or anything. It was all just mistakes that we were making. We were giving away balls insanely cheaply in midfield. Like, like Shaka had a bit of a, a bit of a shocker uh, early on. In the, I mean, like Sabayas played well, um, I thought, but yeah, Spurs didn't have, I mean, I, I just remember in the Brighton match, you know, again, it's a similar thing. We were one nil up and ended up losing it right at the end. Um, but at least Brighton, Brighton looked kind of more commanding in the way they defended. And they had, you know, like Eve Basuma was like, just all over the pitch. He was there breaking up the play everywhere on the, on the pitch. Um, Spurs didn't have anyone like that. You know, there, there wasn't like a, they weren't dominating um, in terms of like, you know, tackles or challenges. They weren't being particularly physical. Um, they looked, they looked just about as crap as we did, to be honest. And it, it could have gone, it could have gone either way, but uh, yeah, it's uh, because it's Arsenal. It, it didn't. So, here we are. Was it who was marking Alderweireld at the corner? Wasn't it Tierney? I can't even remember. Maybe it's like complete mismatch of uh, who to mark at a corner. You know, if that I think from what I remember. Yeah, Tierney's not the. Uh, <laughs> not blaming Tierney. Just saying, he's not the most imposing yeah. presence. Yeah. Just saying, in terms of man to man, he's not <laughs> marking at a corner. You know, you don't yeah. have like a kind of a less physical guy. And someone like Elder World is kind of a, you know, stereotypical centre-back, you know, big and physical and all that sort of thing. Yeah, B- big beefy guy. Yeah. Who, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a big disappointing uh, turd of a, of a match. Um, I think the only person who so, could probably come out with sort of a positive 
probably the goalkeeper again. It's like that's the only person every game now we just the goalkeeper was good, but everyone else was crap. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think, yeah, yeah, Martinez had another good match. I, and like I said, I think Danny Ceballos actually had a good game. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that kind of like, that sort of Eve Basuma figure of someone that's uh, that seems to be all over the pitch at all times, willing to put tackles in, but also making like kind of, you know, good passes and, and playing forward and stuff. Um, Ceballos seemed to be doing that, but he was like the only one. Everyone else is just making all these weird little mistakes. I don't know if they were overthinking or you know maybe they've been overcoached or something but no one seemed entirely comfortable there were lots of sort of unforced errors um that just never seemed to go away no they they never seemed to get properly settled into the match do they have in the way that they have done in the the last few games do they have like a psychologist psychiatrist whether they whichever one at arsenal do they have someone who can like come in and just kind of condition these players to like not you know, fuck up all the time and just uh, have some confidence and belief. Yeah, we. <laughs> yeah, we need like a like a Paul McKenna hypnotherapist yeah. uh, to just stop everybody uh, making just stupid mistakes. Um, I think, but yeah, it just it reinforced to me that yeah, we need we got to we got to replace those those that. Back three, those those three guys. I think. I think Kalasinac could maybe be good if he's surrounded by other good players. But Mustafi and, and David Luiz, uh, they they got to go. Yeah, I think Kalasinac isn't really a centre back. He's really is a wing back. But we got Tierney as well. Yeah, and um, you know, I th- well, I think William Saliba, who was on loan, and maybe Pablo Mari. I don't know how good they will be, but hopefully that. <laughs> will be an improvement over what we have at the moment. I mean, we've, we've got Rob Holding, and really, yeah. I, I thought he was fit. So He was on the bench, but he wasn't used. And he looked... He's, so I don't know in the couple Arteta of games he's sees. played, he's looked pretty good. Yeah, I don't know what Arteta, maybe... Yeah. He likes, he likes the ball-playing types. He likes, uh, you know, regardless how crap David Luiz is, he still keeps picking him. And uh, I don't know. But... Um, yeah, I think maybe maybe it is that physicality thing. Maybe it's just, that's you know like Socrates, something that he's like Socrates picked up is from a, Pep. Like Socrates is more more physical kind of centre back. I mean, sure you got to have. I don't know. What's yeah, wrong with Socrates. I mean, I think yeah, I think he's less error prone than the other two. He's still got a few mistakes in yeah. him, but yeah, I'd, I'd say he's less error prone than uh, Louise and. Um, Mustafi, uh, yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's it's not like there's not options there, um, but yeah, man, yeah, like I said, those those two gotta they gotta go. If one would get relegated, it'd be nice if we could pick up Nathan Ake. Yeah, um, but, yeah. <laughs> we could talk about uh, we could talk about Bournemouth a bit more uh, positive. Yeah, Bournemouth. Yeah, four one against Leicester. And- yeah, well, that because that match was on right after the uh, the Arsenal one, and that was that was great. That was uh, that match had everything in it. Yeah. Um, as soon as I stopped watching, yeah. Bournemouth started scoring. I mean, <laughs> it's like, and they they didn't stop. Yeah, it was uh, it was yeah. Dominic Solanke after thirty eight matches without a goal in the Premiership, uh, somehow yeah got got two, and he I mean you could see after the first goal went in just the the change uh in his 
attitude you know the, the confidence really does make a difference when you're uh when you're a striker like it's, it's yeah it, it just uh i mean i say that like i you know i've got any experience yeah. whatsoever but you could just tell like you know he, he, he looked like a, a different player um so hopefully i mean you know now that it's <laughs> maybe it's too late for him to really uh uh help the team much but uh you know maybe maybe it's it's uh maybe he's finally kind of coming out of his uh coming out of his cocoon a little bit I mean, it helped. It was kind of like it's almost like uh, sort of in FIFA or something where the ball just hits one of your defenders and then oh great, the computer's gone scored now. <laughs> it's like that was yeah. I mean, that was like a because <laughs> I I think like they were even the commentators were praising how good Casper um, Schmeichel's uh, kick, uh, you know, is 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 kicking and his. Um, distribution was uh in, in the first half and then he just kicks it straight at Ndidi's back and it's just yeah no option but to to foul <laughs> uh Callum Wilson or whoever it was and then yeah gave away the penalty and then um yeah uh then it, yeah they they I think what, what like two minutes later they got another goal and uh Kagla Soyuncu just decided I mean Assault. Just a baffling. Does it like? Yeah, it was like just a a really weird. Like the ball was in the back of the net. Like they the, the goal had gone in. It was already you know, it's it's done. You know, the, everyone's getting ready for the restart. The ball's not in play, and then he just decides to <laughs> just to kick uh, kick out at, um, Callum Wilson as hard as he can um, in the in the back of the leg. Um, just in full view. I mean, if you if you're going to do something like that, doing it in the back of the net where there are cameras on literally all the time during the match, it's like there was just no way he was going to get away with it. Like, and it's it's so clearly deliberate. It was just real, real, real kind of cunt behaviour yeah. from from Soyuncu. I mean, I mean, I pray, pray Leicester can get a lot of uh, praise, but they do have some real bastards in their team. Like, <laughs> I mean, Jaden Vardy. Had a little um, yeah. his studs in Mustafi's face from uh, the other game. Yeah, it's quite nasty. Like that was, I mean, if I were to talk about briefly, uh, Inketia's red card. I mean, you look at it. it there's no. It's not violent mm. conduct. He's not deliberately trying to harm. Coming which play, he um, caught. He's obviously trying to reach the ball. He's looking at the ball, trying to reach it. Yeah, and he just bumps into. Yeah, Leicester player. It's not violent conduct. It was ridiculous. I thought. Anyway, I think yeah. Aren't they? Are they going to appeal it? I, did it, I it got, read that. I can't remember. No, they uh, they tried, but uh, they it, they've upheld they've upheld his ban. But uh, you know, Man City on the other yeah. hand, now they got they're fine. They're, they're no longer banned in Europe. Manchester City. That's great. There's real justice going on. Yeah, that's the other big story. <laughs> Um, I literally, I, I saw a tweet earlier today where it was a, a, an article in the Telegraph from 2015, uh, where <laughs> Arsene Wenger literally predicted this exact thing would happen. He said, he, he said, um, that I knew financial fair play was never going to work or that, that it was over when I saw that clubs that have more money than the governing bodies that are supposed to uphold financial fair play are going to go down the legal route. Because it, I mean, it, it does just mean that, yeah, they can, they can just bury the entire thing um, with just legal proceedings. They could just keep it in like legal limbo forever and ever and ever. 
because they've got the money to do it. Whereas these governing bodies obviously have finite resources. So yeah, yeah financial RIP financial fair play. Yep. yep. Another idea down the toilet. Oh, well, many talks. Yep. In the arms, in the arms of the angels. We, it's uh, yeah. We love financial our, fair play. 20, uh, when was it brought in? 2015 yeah. or something? Was it before then? We love our uh, free market, don't we? We love, we love, uh, we love it, don't we, we folks? We love the free market. Don't tread on me. It will, yeah, it will decide. The invisible yeah, hand. Exactly. It'll decide what's good for us. The invisible hand and, uh, just we'll went like this. <laughs> middle finger, yeah. It's uh, a middle finger. Uh, for for the listeners at home, um, my neighbours didn't. So speak yeah, so Man City of. <laughs> they're not at the window. That's fine. Yeah. Just pretend you got Tourette's or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so Man City overturned their uh, their European ban. Um, somehow, I mean, it, it it's weird. I mean, like, yeah, the the whoever it was, the Court of Arbitration for Sport or whatever, still basically said that they. They'd broken the rules, but they couldn't prove it enough or something like it, the, whatever, you know, again, like, you know, so much of the legal system is, is based on proving things beyond a reasonable doubt and whatever. Um, so yeah, I guess there wasn't enough evidence, um, or the evidence that there was, was hidden enough, hidden well enough or obscured well enough, um, to, uh, yeah, to, to stop this ban from being upheld, even though, uh, the governing bodies all seem to broadly agree that, uh, yeah, they, they broke the rules and they've been spending way too much money. Um, so yeah, Man City back in Europe, uh, race for the top four is, uh, is, is back on. Um, yeah. And, uh, luckily Man United didn't go to third. It was a great, great, uh, result for Southampton. That's very good. Another one. Yes, where that I, was very funny. Another um, one where I stopped watching and Southampton scored right at the de- right at the death. I was like, <laughs> "This always happens. Every time I stop watching, they score." <laughs> it is cool that since the restart, there's been a lot of like late drama in these matches. I, I think I, I hope they keep this uh, system where you can make the extra subs because I think it does. It, it keeps the match entertaining right up until the very end. That it means that, you know, the, the players are protected in terms of their fitness and yeah. stuff. The players are protected a bit more. You can rotate more and stuff. I think I made a slight complaint about it because I thought, well, five, I thought may as well make it six. Not in the sense that, like, I'm against five subs was like, I don't know, maybe have a, just make six substitutions. Then you can have, like, a bench of 12. I don't know. Like you do on uh, football games. Mm. But uh, uh, yeah, it gives, yeah, like it gives a, everyone or in a like chance. An international yeah. match. It gives everyone a chance now. It gives more players time. F- free substitutes, which yeah. is you can only play, you know, impact players basically, and everyone else doesn't really get much time. But now, yeah, it makes it more interesting. Yeah, and it, yeah, if you if you if you're forced to make an early substitution because of an injury or whatever, it means that sort of. Tactically, it's more of a level playing field uh, between the two teams later in the match. I guess you can you can change up your system if you if you need to. Um, you're not kind of just stuck with you know the the two changes or whatever. But um, but yeah, Man United 
drawing two all right at the end with uh, with Southampton after Leicester lost losing four one to Bournemouth means that yeah that's all still wide open and Chelsea of course uh, squeaking by the already relegated Norwich one uh, nil means that yeah all of that is uh, I mean you know clearly we're not going to make it but it's uh, yeah wide open now for for those those top four spaces. Yeah, I'm reading uh, this thing that Guardiola's been saying. He was uh, kind of shows that he's kind of a uh, insecure in many ways. <laughs> this like this quote saying that I did I saw a video of him like ranting and raving at some yeah, press conference that, like, or something. That Wenger spent a lot of money and so did Ferguson. And it's like, well, actually, from what I gather, well, people have been saying that Wenger's net spend overall in like twenty years was like. So around twenty to thirty million or so. Yeah, he never um, he never spent without selling players first. So it, it's yeah, if he did spend, if he did spend a lot on a player, it would usually come after a big sale of another player or another you know group of players. Whereas um, in like four years, he would, he, yeah, Guardiola spent around seven hundred million, and fucking. Hell. Jesus, and it's like there's a second, there's another quote here. It sounds very Trumpian, almost like I'm a good manager, but I don't win titles if I don't yeah. have good players, and good players are expensive. Being a good manager, like I am, <laughs> I'm not good enough without good players. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, that is that's that's a really <laughs> that is a really funny way of putting it. You, I mean, you might be like deliberately putting it in like simple terms like that because he's being sarcastic or whatever but it's, it's a, still a really funny way of uh, of summing it up yeah <laughs> i'm a good manager you know i need lots of money to buy lots of great players and have a big golden car and- yeah because otherwise i won't be a good manager yeah. how can i be a good manager if i can't buy good players so because it, good players win big titles and i'm a good manager who wins big titles like going to cre- therefore like go into <laughs> career mode put cheat code in it gives you like infinite amount of uh, money to spend i don't know there's such a thing but uh yeah or you can, yeah you, there's those uh yeah like the football manager games where you've got like the the database editor and you can just uh increase yeah. your club's finances to the absolute ma- or like you can you can, i remember like i used to on the the football manager game that i used to play the the uh like the the fifa one was it total club manager um you could increase the um you can increase the <laughs> capacity of your stadium to like 1.2 million. Um, so it, <laughs> it meant that like your gate receipts for every home match were like 3.5 million pounds or something ridiculous. It was, it was insane. Um, so yeah, that's basically what he's, uh, that's pretty much what he's done at Man City. So, uh, so yeah, our, uh, our, our sort of hopes and dreams of that mass exodus at City, um, not going to happen just yet. I mean, it might happen in the future. You know, the, the bubble could burst. Um, you know, if the uh, if the, uh, the the Saudi fellas there decide to to pull out, they're not going to run the club anymore. They want to sell up to another owner. Um, yeah, that that money that money well could run run dry someday. But for the moment, yeah, the Man City uh, the Man City money train uh, keeps, keeps on, chugging along. Keeps keeps on rolling. As uh, mm. Fred, Lim- speaking of, <laughs> as he kept saying, "Keep rolling, rolling." Yeah, that trail off. Anyway. Yep, Fred Biscuit. 
Um, speaking of Money Train, um, did you see the clip of that that new movie Money Plane that was doing the rounds on Twitter? I have not. I have not heard of this. Hmm, that's very odd. It's like one of those action movies that's like uh, got like an ex wrestler. I think it's it's uh, Edge. The, oh, yeah. the wrestler is like the main guy in it, but they've clearly like they because of like Hollywood's like a weird place. They've managed to like get a couple of like actual like a list actors in it for clear. I mean, clearly that you know they probably shot maybe a day with them, so they're in a couple of scenes in the movie. But yeah, there's a clip of like Kelsey Grammer um, talking to him about the the money plane, and it's it's yeah. I, I urge you to to look it up the 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 clip of uh, money plane that was doing the rounds on Twitter, it's, uh, yeah, Kelsey Grammer having to kind of keep a straight face while he's talking about, like, uh, <laughs> uh, some of the baddest motherfuckers in the world are on that plane. All of them craving action. Like, it, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, fucking weird. But, yeah, th- just that he keeps saying the phrase money plane over and over again, and it's just got stuck in my head. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll watch this later, but, yeah, you know it's going to be good if – uh, Kelsey Kelsey Graham is in it. He's always in great stuff. Played uh, the Beast yeah. in uh, Frasier X Men. Which one was that? Yeah, and yeah. um, one of the good ones. Um, clearly, was he, was he in Transformers? But yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think he's in at least one of them. Yeah, they they do they tend to do that with the Transformers movies. They because it's all. Because all the characters are, are obviously like big CGI monsters, um, they just sort of pepper in, you know, really good like Oscar-winning actors for like a scene or two. So you get people like Anthony Hopkins and Francis McDormand and Kelsey Grammer and John Turturro popping up in those movies. Oh, and obviously Marky Mark. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he's in at least one of them now i at least track of how many there are but uh yeah was there any other football stuff we got to talk about i think that was that's pretty much i mean oh i suppose we we should make a prediction on uh on tonight's match um as we record this arsenal are going to be playing liverpool in just about three hours um so yeah what do we reckon the score is going to be well if liverpool play their full strength team um i'm gonna say maybe four four nil maybe i mean it's arsenal at home so maybe liverpool may not oh i don't know but i think liverpool could either if they play a full strength team could at least get free but if they play a couple of younger players uh it could be like a two one i don't know but uh i reckon yeah i mean i reckon it'll be mostly a, a full strength team um, because that's just the way Klopp works. You know, he 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 wants to he wants that team to just go for it whenever they're playing. Um, and there's you know they could still there's probably still a bunch of records they can break uh, before the end of the season. So I reckon, yeah, I'm I'm going to say four one to Liverpool. Um, so we'll get like a yeah. consolation penalty. Yeah, maybe. I don't think we're gonna. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll probably it'll be the, the typical thing of like maybe we score first and mm. uh, and then yeah, just almost immediately um, get destroyed just through poor game management, not being able to like keep the lead for more than more than a couple of minutes. Um, so yeah, 
man, yeah, this it, it's it's a gloomy time once again. But uh, yeah, not not entirely unexpected. I mean, I, yeah. Um, but then we got what's what's our last two matches? Um, Villa and completely. Um, we got Aston Villa and Watford, I think. Okay, so on paper those should be you know those should be gimmies. Yeah. Um, but uh, I can yeah. imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, like, so we'll we'll see. I can imagine Danny Welbeck gets the goal. It's like nil nil, and then right at the last minute, Danny Welbeck gets a goal. <laughs> oh, that would really irony. hurt. Yeah, ah. that would. Yeah, yeah. That could, I, I can see that happening for sure. Um. So yeah. Um. That's yeah. I think that's that's pretty much all the all the football news that well, there is, right? There's. Uh, I mean, it's Man United related, but Marcus Rashford has got a doctorate from university. Is it Manchester University? Oh yeah, yeah. Read about that. Good for him. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that was that was the other thing. Is that yeah? Uh, Clive Tilsley is uh, being replaced as uh, ITV's chief commentator, um, which is. Good news, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, I've I can remember hating Clive Tildesley since I was a kid. I think he's just a just garbage trash commentator. Um, but uh, yeah, I saw that our old friend, uh, the yeah, our, our Man United correspondent, um, uh, Mr. Goldbridge, was uh, yeah tweeting vehemently that uh, ITV have made a mistake. And that Clive is immense, and uh, they should bring him back immediately. So yeah. it was one of those things where it's like, of course you like Clive Tildesley. Obviously, obviously, isn't, you love Clive Tildesley. Isn't Clive Tildesley a Liverpool fan? Isn't he like that's a bit weird? I thought I don't um, know. Goldbridge Maybe. would have been like, ah, oh, I don't like it because he sports Liverpool. Oh, well. Anyway, from what I, Maybe I think, wrong. literally the only reason he does it is because. I think Tildesley did the commentary for uh, at least one of the FIFA games. Um, so he's obviously just got used to hearing his voice playing FIFA a lot. So I'm pretty sure that's all it is. Okay. Um, he's got, you know, like little, you know, he's got like that baby bird thing where they, the first thing they see they think is their is their mum. You know, he's just got used to hearing Clive Tildesley's voice and has to defend him. Um, so, yeah. Fuck off, Clive Tilsley. Um, you suck ass. Um, uh, it says really, really annoying, bad commentary. Maybe he is a Man United fan. It says in a Google quick Google search, Tilsley was a Manchester United fan until his days at Radio Trent when he became a Nottingham Forest fan. So he's like the opposite of Mark Goldbridge. I was going to say, yeah, he's done a, he's done a reverse Goldbridge. <laughs> Maybe that's what. So he feels a kinship with yeah. him. Maybe that's Maybe like that his. Uh, yeah, it's his. It's his it's looper. It, is his dad? <laughs> is his long lost dad or something? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Mark Tildesley. Mark. Clive Goldbridge. Um, There's a name. Clive Goldbridge. <sighs> uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, bye bye. And then the, yeah, they're replacing him with uh, Sam Matterface, who uh, I don't know if he'll be much better to be honest. Um, but uh, whatever. It's ITV. Who cares? All they've got is the rights to the internationals at this point. You know, certain England, certain England, England matches. Friendlies, so so. It's not like, yeah, and whatever whatever games they have at the various international tournaments. So it's not like anyone's got to hear that much from them. Um, so yeah, um, what? Uh, do, so 
shithouse 11 uh we're, we're moving on to defenders um i got uh yeah i got a, a, a few few suggestions but uh uh, yeah, we might. I don't know if we'll do the full back four because, like I said, we're uh, we're not not feeling too great this week. But uh, yeah, Lawrence, did you what uh, what nominations do you have for the uh, the 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 shit house eleven defense? Uh, oh, I think I have to. Oh God, I had so. Oh well, we've Sorry, talked I'm about you off guard. we've talked about Ryan Shawcross, and uh, I don't know. I really want to put someone yeah. like um, John Terry in there, even though like. Being England captain, everything. He was going to be one of mine. Yeah, I do want to put like John Terry in because that man just epitomizes everything I hate about sort of the mid two thousands football footballer that came along the uh, the uh, that kind of you know douche douchey footballer. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah no he was John Terry was going to be one of my uh, one of my picks as well so I think yeah we'll we'll have to have John Terry in there um it's I mean it's difficult because you know he's Chelsea legend and you know one of the at the time you know one of the best England defenders but um I yeah just can't overlook all the <laughs> just all of his uh all of his country um you know outside of that you know the the whole thing of fucking you know, having an affair with his teammate's wife and stuff like it's just yeah. Having and then a um, mutiny, arranging in a gu- camp. Do you remember that? Yeah, uh, and yeah, which uh, yeah, what, uh, which manager was that under? Was that under Capello? Yeah. Or was that under Sven still? Capello, because they wouldn't play Joe yeah. Cole. You would play Joe Cole, mate. Yeah, <sighs> fucking hell. Um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and then, it, you know, arranging a, a guard of honour for, for himself um, in his final match for Chelsea. Um, yeah, asking the manager to substitute him on 26 minutes uh, in, his, in his final match. Just, yeah, just a real fucking dickhead. So, um, yeah, yeah, nasty, nasty piece of work. And, yeah, and, and you can take your pick from, the, you know, any number of, like, you know, horrible fouls and shouting and shit and just you know starting arguments and whatever you know all of his all of his uh shenanigans on the pitch as well so yeah yeah john terry would would be in there for me as well i was going to suggest um yeah and you know we've talked about ryan shawcross at length i think you know he's he's definitely in there um i was going to suggest sergio ramos as well um just a real dirty piece of work again you know it's clearly a very talented player um you know you can make the argument that he's one of the best but yeah god damn what a fucking uh yeah what a shithouse exactly he's like i think he's one of the highest scorers from madrid this season but the majority of them have been penalties he's bec- since ronaldo left he's become the designated penalty guy yeah so yeah it's the thing it's like you yeah know, it's like oh, you'd wish you it, it, it's maybe other popular, but I was like, oh, you'd, you'd want someone in, like that in your team, but like, God, he's a turtle piece. Of, I hate him. It's like- <laughs> it is. It's, it's very similar to the John Terry thing. Like, you know, like Chelsea fans, uh, it, you know, I, I can understand why he's like a club legend. You'll probably have a statue outside of Stamford Bridge one day if he doesn't already have one. Um, but to everyone else, um, yeah, he's just a big piece of shit. And it's probably the same with, 
with Ramos. It's like, yeah, like he's that type of player that uh, if he's playing for your team, you know, you it, it, you kind of see past a lot of that stuff. You're kind of willing to forgive a bit more, but to everyone else, it's just like, oh man, what a cunt. <laughs> yeah. It's always great when um, you see clips of uh, on international duty with Spain. He's either like on training pitch, he's either having a fight with a row with PK or a Diego Costa when they used to get picked. Diego used to pick a uh, Diego Costa for the team. Like <laughs> mm. you, you begin to understand why the Spanish team sort of wasn't as good. Sort of after fell apart. Yeah, <laughs> you have people like that who just don't like each yeah. other in the team. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, um, especially with like people like Diego Costa and Sergio Ramos, like just, yeah, like real, real egos as well. Like just guys that clearly are never going to back down over anything. Um, it's just, yeah, yeah, because they had such a such a streak of just total dominance in, in world football for a few years, and then uh, yeah, just they just completely imploded, pretty much, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Ramos twelve goals this season. Like Benzema, twenty-three. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Gareth Bale, only two. So that's. (laughs) Yeah, he's. uh, Yeah, there's the that article on the BBC Sport website about um, his uh, his antics on the on the bench for for Real Madrid at the moment. Just uh, kind of respect that he's just completely given up. It's uh, it's very funny. He's what he's like what. I won the Champions League for you, and you still hate me. Like, fuck all y'all. <laughs> yeah, no, there, there is, there is literally nothing else I can do. Uh, so, fuck all of y'all. <laughs> it's, you have to, it's great. Uh, yeah, It'd be yeah. nice to have him back in the Premiership, though. If he does, uh, if he does end up coming back, as long as he doesn't play for Tottenham, but or Man United. But I can only see yeah. like Man United or. I don't know. I can't imagine. Where else would he go? Yeah, he might come back to Tottenham just for sentimental mm. yeah. reasons. But uh, yeah. Um, so I think we need yeah we need one more defender for the uh, the shit house well, back four. I did think either Ashley Cole or that. I don't know. We need some. It's, it's becoming too good of a back line. <laughs> Got Ramos, John Terry. <laughs> um, well, I don't. I, that's. That's not really, yeah. That's not really the issue, is it? I mean, I if think, it, yeah, if they, you know, from, whether they're good on the pit, it's like for Ashley Cole because being an ex-Arsenal player and then just going to Chelsea with Mourinho, having that cup of tea with Mourinho, and and basically just yeah, sort of switch cup know, of just, coffee in the big time. Just became. He's, even today he's like talking about in interviews oh yeah I didn't see the ambition in Arsenal yeah so I left you know I didn't see the they were obviously just yeah it's like he f- <laughs> he was literally part of the Invincibles team like it's like I what I, what the fuck are you talking about it, just say you wanted the money like yeah. just admit because that's clearly what it was like it's I remember like the whole like transfer saga around him uh, like whether you know because I think it was like a deadline day thing as well, wasn't it? Like when he when he finally um, when it was finally confirmed that he was going. But like it, like he, I remember seeing on Sky Sports News that it was like he was coming out of training, and there was like obviously a group of Arsenal fans there, and then like a little kid, um, like while he was signing autographs, a little kid said, "Are you going to Chelsea?" Uh, and he just said, "Yeah." <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> just no, like no kind of sugarcoating it. Just like just no, no, nothing to soften the blow for this little boy who's just like, uh, yeah. So fuck you. <laughs> I remember uh, same thing, kind of, not exactly, but when Arteta was uh, going from Everton to Arsenal, and I remember seeing like on Sky Sports News, like some of the Everton fans coming up to Arteta saying, "Don't go, don't go." Yeah, like a kind of. Like, oh man. <laughs> oh, it's it's always one of those things, but yeah, I don't know. I just. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just but, uh, yeah. I think Ashley Cole's a good shout because again, you know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I remember. I think I've said this before, but he uh, when he uh, the Champions League final in, in 2012, where they're interviewing him, he's like, "No one can say nothing to me now. No one can say nothing to me." That was just Ugh. Jesus. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it, just again, you know, similar to John Terry, his uh, antics off the pitch um, paint him as just a, a, a giant shithead. All of his uh, various extramarital affairs, and wasn't there allegations of like domestic abuse as well? Am I, am I misremembering that? I'm looking up on the Wikipedia right now. Yeah, he had affairs with three other women, uh, supposedly, and dispute Jesus. the allegations. And the couple stayed together. It was announced that they would separate following new allegations of adultery. So basically just, you know, typical. That was it. Yeah, he was, uh, yeah. He was caught, like, cheating on, uh, as as she was then known, Cheryl Cole. Um, And, uh, yeah, he just lied about it, didn't he? He just just kept saying it's not, even though it was like, there was more and more evidence that he was like fucking around with. Like, it it wasn't even like affairs. I think it was prostitutes as well. He was banging like prostitutes, which is, um, you know, I don't want to shame anybody for anything, but I mean, that just seems weird that it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So he was just banging like hookers left and right and then lied about it. Um, Bringing a. Kept getting caught. Bringing an air rifle to Chelsea training ground. That was pretty great. Ah, uh, yeah. And that was the other thing I forgot to say about John what Terry. What is it with footballers? And- <laughs> uh, rallying over uh, a photographer's leg, I think, with his, he has a Land Rover who's coming Oh, out. yeah, we talked about that in a, a previous episode. Yeah, and he was sort of like, when he was asked about it, he just kind of like gave a weird like, was like answer about it. Did I, I do it? Know. I don't know. Was it- At the end of the day, who even cares? I don't know. What's to say? Yeah, it's like have. a, <laughs> clearly he's been, Clearly, he's been told by his lawyers not to admit to anything, but he's not smart enough to come up with a way of kind of talking around it. Um, but yeah, what is it with footballers and like air rifles? Like if Ashley Cole bringing an air rifle to to training ground, and then who was it we were talking about last week? Was it Bosnich that shot his dad with an air rifle while he was off his face on coke? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Didn't man. No, I was trying to think. No, Balotelli didn't do something similar. I think he threw darts at like under twenty-one players or something at Man City. Never mind. I wasn't. He also he also threw a bunch of fireworks out of his car. That was his yeah. thing. He was driving well, he around had, like he had, Manchester like, City Centre, tossing bathroom. fireworks out of his car. I think he had, I think he had like a firework in his, in his <laughs> bathroom or something. He had to call the uh, fire brigade yeah. out. Yeah. Like, well, so that's, all the crazy footballers what happened to them all yeah what was your they're thing? still there they'll be you know 
or it's just, I don't know, maybe like, maybe it's not such a good thing to have people that are clearly unstable in that way. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that, that's, that's the shithouse, uh, shithouse 11 back four. Again, <laughs> like you said, a very strong back four. Um, but uh yeah they are all they they all deserve their place um in the uh the the shithouse 11 they certainly do uh maybe a couple of honorable mentions like i don't know maybe um martin skirtle he always always a bit of a dirty center back i mean i don't know yeah yeah especially like yeah um, it just looks like a biker yeah, yeah, slash skinhead. Kind of a reputation. Yeah, he does look a bit like a skinhead that just happened to <laughs> just happened to luck into a football career. You look at like the Slovakian national team. It's just like man, they all look like skinheads. Just like a, yeah, a real far right skinhead gang. Yeah, like. and it's. <laughs> I'm sure it's just a coincidence that yeah, that part of Europe has a massive problem with. Uh, fascism and a, you know a big far right movement probably probably nothing nothing to worry about yeah it's just because um, was, was it slovakia that had to uh they they got um banned from having fans at their international matches because of all the racism i think it might have been croatia or um someone like that yeah oh maybe it was yeah it might have been croatia yeah yeah um but yeah, Martin Scale is a good uh, honourable mention. I got, uh, I'm trying to think. I can't really think of um, many more um, on that are on like the same level as you know the guys that we've been talking about. Hmm. Um, oh, actually, no, I got a good one. Um, Emmanuel Abui. Um, again, you know, we might be biased because we're Arsenal fans, but uh, yeah, I mean, legendary prick. Just a you know. Useless defender, uh, constant diver, um, just, you know, just really, really bad at, at di- I mean, it's, you know, if he was playing now in the age of VAR, I mean, it would just be, it would be hilarious. He'd be getting sent off so often for diving. Yeah. I mean, I felt bad when uh, he had that game where he was just not there. He's just completely out of it, out, all over the place, and they had to be subbed off. It did kind of feel kind of, Bad for him at the time. It's like, I think was that that was after he'd been subbed on as well, wasn't yeah. it? That was like he'd yeah. been subbed on and was playing so badly that he had to be taken off. Um, yeah, I think yeah, that's what happened. something like that. Um, I'm trying to see. yeah, I, yeah, Bowie is is, is uh, definitely a candidate for yeah, um, yeah. Just on on the one hand, being totally incompetent um not being a, a good defender at all and then secondly just uh just constantly diving um and it, it it was infuriating from like an arsenal point of view because he would always like if he was getting forward into like a t- an attacking position rather than like make the pass or like get into a shooting position he'd always just go down trying to get a free kick um and it, you know it's like 50-50 whether we actually get given it or not it was just like it just such a like such a bitch ass way of playing, you know, such a cowardly fucking, like, uh, I, don't, I don't have the confidence to like play a through ball or make a cross or whatever. I'm just going to go down and try and, you know, try and get a free kick or a penalty. Um, I got so, one yeah. more, one yeah. more mention. Or, Emmanuel uh, Bowie is definitely good. I'd like to mention a, a Pepe, former Real Madrid centre back. Remember him? 
Oh yeah. He was he was always every Very vaguely. Every El Casco match he was always like doing something. He always he'd always guaranteed to be sent off. Hmm. I just remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's quite a few. I mean, we could probably we could do like a an episode of just like <laughs> uh yeah, like shit house um La Liga defenders and they're they're kind of a a special breed, I think. But uh yeah. Um so that's yeah, that's that's the the shit house 11 for for this week. Uh, next week we're going to come up with some midfielders. Yeah, I need four midfielders. Um so that'll be next week. Um for this week though, we're going to get into some cultural appropriation. So cultural appropriation time. This is where we uh, talk about things outside of football that we uh, that we like that we think you should check out. Um, Lawrence, did you want to go first or should I go first? Uh, I'll, go, I'll go first. And um, okay, listening to um, he's a guitarist from Midlake. His name's Eric Pulido, and he made a <laughs> solo record called. Uh, to each his own. I mean, it's not like a gonna be a big uh, album of the year type of thing. But I I liked it from a pers- from my personal uh, mm. taste. I've uh, been listening to that a lot, and uh, well, it's nice that uh, on uh, Four Music now they put on uh, my one of my favourite shows, uh, Malcolm in the Middle. I'd like to recommend that uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Oh yeah. And uh, probably the, uh, probably the best bits are Brian Cranston. I think, you know, Brian Cranston does make that show. It really, I mean, it is like, um, it, I mean, it's been said a million times, but it, you you really cannot truly appreciate uh, the just how good his performance in Breaking Bad is without seeing uh, at least one episode of Malcolm in the Middle first, because he's just he's so funny and like, he's just uh, yeah he's he really is kind of like the probably the closest thing to like a live action homer simpson like he's, he's he's so fucking funny apparently in the one episode i saw yesterday we he builds the sort of robot wars thing and it, he has a, like a bee shooter on it and he gets covered in bees at the end of the episode apparently he was actually <laughs> like i give respect because he was actually covered in bees and he apparently got stung in the balls. Oh man! So oh man! <laughs> like that's like a I don't that's like a jackass stunt yeah. or something. That's really uh, that that's the sort of shit that like they should give acting awards for. Like that that it should have won him an Emmy yeah. on its own. Like I think about like like uh, like in the first Candyman movie, uh, Tony Todd who plays the Candyman. There's a scene in that where he has like literal like like live bees in his mouth. Like live bit like the whole thing with the candy man is like bees come out of his mouth. And it's like, you know, this is before like CGI, you know, this is the early nineties, so it's they're not they're not animatronics or puppets or whatever. They're, he's got actual an actual mouthful of live bees. And it's just like that's I, that he should have won an Oscar for that. Like I I can't think of an actor that's done anything like more they need like to people make talk a, about actors giving brave performances. Like they need to make a new category, you know, like you know, actor with like covered in bees or had done a scene with bees. Best, best bee covered performance. Yeah, um, 
but yeah, Malcolm in the Middle is a, a, a good recommendation. I think that's that's always a good one to like. You can binge a lot of episodes if you if you're feeling ill or whatever. Like you, you, you know, associate that with sort of having like a sick day or whatever. You can watch a bunch of episodes of that and feel better. Um, but yeah, um, my recommendations. Uh, one of them I, I mentioned last week, sort of in um, in tandem with a like a music recommendation that I made. Uh, the the Righteous Gemstones um, from uh, HBO. It's a yeah. A uh, very funny HBO show about a, a family of um, <clears throat> family of uh, of preachers, uh, like that are super like ultra wealthy. Like they live on a like a, a compound, and their church is like a one of those big like basketball stadium sized churches. And it's um, co created by Danny McBride. It's got a great cast: it's Danny McBride, um, Edie Patterson, who's, who's very funny, um, Adam Levine. Uh, no, not Adam Levine. Adam Devine. Adam Levine's the Maroon Five guy. Um, Adam Devine from Workaholics and uh, John Goodman is the uh, is the like the the dad of the family. Um, yeah, really funny show. Can't think of a. I can't think of a show that harnesses the comedic power of like full frontal male nudity in a better way. I, th- I think there's, I, you see, <laughs> you see Dong in pretty much every episode. Um, and it's, it's always, it's always done in quite a creative and, and funny way. Um, which is refreshing for an HBO show. You know, normally pretty much every, it seems like it's a prerequisite. If you're going to have a TV show on HBO, uh, you have to have at least one scene in a brothel, um, where everyone's got their titties out. So, uh, yeah, in kind of contrast to that, this show, uh, you, yeah, you see, uh, you see a flaccid male penis in just about every episode. Um, oh yeah. Walton Goggins is in it as well. Um, who is in, he's in Justified. He's in The Hateful Eight. He's a, a great actor, but he's, he's so, so funny in, in this. He plays kind of the, um, like the scamming kind of brother-in-law, um, that's just trying to, yeah, trying to get as much money as he can out of the, out of the family. Um, yeah, very funny show. The Righteous Gemstones. Um, and uh, the other uh, recommendation I got is another TV show. Um, I know that uh, Michaela Cole is, um, she's obviously getting a lot of plaudits at the moment for her, her new show, uh, I May Destroy You. Um, after, I haven't got around to watching it yet because I, I know that the, the subject matter is, is very heavy, um, uh, all to do with you know sexual assault and, and whatever. But um, it's, yeah, it's getting lots of buzz and lots of plaudits and it, I, I, I'm going to watch it at some point. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I caught up on her her previous tv show chewing gum um on netflix which is uh, which is a comedy it's sort of similar to um fleabag which i think i recommended previously it's more but it's kind of younger you know it's like fleabag for for the for the, the youth um and uh, yeah she um she created and, and wrote all of that and stars as the you know the, the lead character and it's um very very funny uh it's you know filthy um but very fun um yeah really really and it it kind of um <laughs> it, yeah it kind of it deals with a, like a, a lot of stuff like yeah uh sex and celibacy and religion and uh and race and and lots of stuff but it does it in like a you know it, not in a particularly kind of pompous or, or over the top or heavy kind of way it's it's just uh yeah just really, really funny. So, so check that out. Chewing gum. I think it's both seasons are on Netflix. Um, yeah, uh, one of the the hardest I've laughed in, in quite a while. I can't believe this show passed me by. Um, it, it, I think the first season aired in like 2015, um, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of it until 
like last week, but it's yeah, really, really funny. So check that out. Uh, chewing up, check it out, folks. Um, so that's cultural appropriation. Lawrence, we got any, uh, we've, we've talked about Bigfoot for a little while. Um, is there any news in the Bigfoot world? Uh, n- no, unfortunately, nothing yet, not been discovered yeah. yet, but uh, just like with Arsenal, just got to keep faith and. Maybe one day, but let's say it's like a weird sort of yeah. contradicting thing. Like, I would like it to be real, but I don't want anyone to discover it's real because oh, they would just it <laughs> would ruin it. You're yeah, in this, you're in this duality. So you you want to be the one to do? <laughs> I I want them to be real, but I want you everyone want to, to leave be them the alone. one to discover it. I want I would like to see yeah. one, but I don't want like people hunting them and putting them in zoos and. Prodding and poking him with yeah. needles. Yeah, you don't want to go to the Bigfoot Zoo. No, I would, that would be depressing. Uh, yeah, making them do circus tricks. Yeah, that would be horrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So nothing at the moment. Uh, I'll let so your well, your your hypothesis is that what he's in he's in lockdown. He's in lockdown as well. He's probably having well of a time. There's no one around. He's probably like finally I can. Yeah. He- do stuff without anybody trying to take a picture of me. Yeah, that's all he wants. Probably, yeah. The furthest he's been out for for yeah decades. It's not just um, it's not just but, one. Uh, it's, it's probably a couple hundred. I don't know. However, how many? Yeah. It take to survive. I mean, in the on the in the news last week, I read about there's only about three hundred gorillas living in Nigeria that they've only seen on camera traps and they've only recently posted the uh, photographs only recently so who knows you know mm. could be only several hundred of them that's why yeah they're so rare i don't know who knows but families just yeah families and, and colonies of bigfoots just it's dotted dead. around in the pacific northwest or whatever yeah i have trouble like believing that there's Bigfoot in like every state in America. Like you get reports in like New Jersey, Kansas. I don't know. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, that. I. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I buy that because like New Jersey's like, I don't know. Like I. I buy like yeah, like the the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. You know, like those sort of um, sort of densely forested and kind of, you know like the kind of damper yeah uh, states. Thing, but if yeah, New Jersey just seems live. like. Wherever a bear can live, or there's like high population of bears, then maybe. But even then, you know, I tend, I tend to think, oh well, they wouldn't be near the bears. I mean, bears are dangerous. You know, they would avoid the bears probably as well. I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe they got like a they got a pact with the bears. You know, maybe they got some sort of alliance. The bears, the bears keep their keep the secret of the big of the of the Sasquatch. Uh, and, uh, you know, they can, they, they're the ones that run interference, you know, like, well, everyone's distracted by the bears, Sasquatch are free to, uh, go and forage or whatever. Yeah. Um, there was a, that was a funny moment on, uh, finding Bigfoot where, um, they had this skeptic woman, uh, uh, Renee and, uh, she asks a bloody woman. Yeah. She was the best one on the show. She was, and, uh, she asks, uh, Matt Moneymaker, if you, He's like, oh, Matt Moneymaker's a right laugh. He's, uh, 
I'll just talk about him another time. But he's like, is that his real name? Yeah. And and she asks him like, why why wouldn't Bigfoot like eat cows? And he he's like, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was like, oh, because they know that cows are people food, so they leave the cows alone. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's a valid question. Like, yeah, what, I mean, we don't, like, Bigfoot could easily be, like, a carnivore. Yeah, well, um, people... Hunt, we don't know, but... S- supposedly hunters have seen them take down a deer and break its neck, but I don't know where, whether that's true or not. Yeah. I mean, that would take a lot of energy just to... That's the thing, it's like... I mean, yeah, the idea of, like, yeah, you have to be, they have to be able to run, like, insanely fast, wouldn't they, to catch up with a deer? Um. But like, yeah, the the idea of like, the idea of like the like Sasquatches like have like having a like a, just a concept of people food, like the, the yeah. idea of any animal like knowing like oh no that that resource isn't for us yeah. like that's for so, that's we could use it but uh, no that's that's for another species. I don't know. Maybe Bigfoot's like Hindu. You know, they have like a worship cows. I don't know. Cows are sacred. Yeah. Maybe. We don't know. That'd be a twist that only anyone would see coming. That yeah, like he's yeah, Bigfoot is uh is has roots in India. You know, they you know, during like Pangaea times or whatever, they migrated from from India to uh to North America uh for the like the cooler climate as things started heating up or whatever. And uh Hinduism is the only thing that Hinduism is anything that survived, you know, they pass that down generation to generation while living in America. Everything else has been anglicized except that. I mean, yeah. What else? Other than that, nothing really been. I think that's. um, I suppose, yeah, well, while everyone's been in lockdown, there's. It's not like everyone's been able to get out and about to, to spot Bigfoot, is it? So. Yeah, um, I don't even agree that like people should be going out to pubs. I mean, that's ridiculous. Why? Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, yeah, we could we could get into a whole separate episode about that. But I think that's that's just about it for for this week. Again, sorry that it's not quite as um, as uh, chock full an episode as uh, the last few have been. But uh, yeah, better than nothing. I think you'll agree. And at the end of the day, uh, it's free, you know. So, yeah. what the fuck do you care? Um, I'm just kidding. But uh, now, if you want, to, if you want more content from uh, from us, we're on Twitter. Check us out at Junior Funners. Um, fun uh, antagonizing uh, Mark, our, our friend Mr. Goldbridge on there. Um, where uh, you can email us juniorfunners at gmail dot com, and we are on Facebook as well, so you can keep up to date with. Uh, when episodes drop, if you for some reason listen but don't want to subscribe, um, what the fuck is wrong with you? If that's the case, just subscribe. It's easy. It makes everything so much easier. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah. Bye.